Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Good morning, church. It's good to be here. If you want to turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we are continuing on in our series in 1 Corinthians, looking at the, the gifts of the Spirit this morning. Excited about that. I really appreciate uh, David and Jen coming forward and just sharing with us what's going on and Matt and Ladera. Our family, our kids in particular, have been praying for baby Rex. And it is such a good report to hear that the Lord is, is at work, the Lord is, is moving upon them. And, and uh, our, our son Max, who's two, two and a half years old, Every night he wants to pray for baby Rex. And it's so beautiful because we'll have dinner and then we'll, we'll spend some time praying for the church together as a family. And the rule is, you know, you, we pray for, you can't pray for someone who's sitting at the table. You have to pray for someone who's not there. And you can't pray for the same person twice, like at the same, you know, that night. So someone will say, I'll pray for baby Rex. And Max will say, no, I pray for baby Rex. So he gets, he gets angry when someone else wants to pray for baby Rex besides him. So I just really appreciate that. Uh, it, it's, it's a good reminder for us that the Lord, is, the Lord is a healing God. And as you are praying and believing God to move in your life and what God's doing in, in, in your sphere of influence and with your friends and your family... It may not always be this instantaneous, miraculous provision from God in the moment. It may mean waiting and praying and seeking the Lord day after day after day. But God's promise to us is not that He'd somehow alleviate all of our suffering and and make things all better here on this earth. That will happen one day. His promise to us is that He's here with us in the middle of it. That God's God's God has promised to us. His word is true. He's promised to us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. As we pray and wait and believe the Lord, what we have is not just some instantaneous provision, which may happen, but we, get, we have his, the relationship with him, his very presence with us all the time, never leaving us, never forgetting us, never, never allowing us to wander too far. He is always there with us. That is his promise to us. All right. Let's look over at uh, 1 Corinthians. So we're in a series in 1 Corinthians. If you're new, we're working through the series in 1 Corinthians. We work through uh, various books of the Bible, uh, a few verses, a chapter at a time. And this morning, we're looking at this section of Scripture that talks about spiritual gifts. And one of the things I discovered this week is that it's hard to preach through a list. And so we've been kind of building up to this, this moment, but man, it's hard to preach through a list. So just forgive me. I'm trying not to make it sound too much like a lecture. That's why I don't want it to sound like, but preaching through uh, the gifts is, is a bit of a challenge because Christianity as a whole is really divided in some places on the gifts. There's certain segments of Christianity that believe uh, the gifts of the Spirit have ceased, that with the, the coming of God's Word, the, 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 the Bible being, um, being given to us, that we no longer need the gifts like they needed in the first century. There's other segments of Christianity that believe that the gifts are, some of the gifts are still available for us today. The other gifts, the other sign gifts like prophecy and tongues and healing and those kinds of things 
are not available for us today like they were in the first century because we have the Bible. We also need some of these other gifts. As you can tell from what you've heard this morning, that we do believe that healing and those things are available to us today. All the gifts that God mentions in his word are for God's people and for the empowerment of his mission on the earth today. And so we're going to preach from that perspective. And so uh, the gifts are, are found in a, in a couple of different locations in the New Testament. And so although we are looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 the past couple of weeks, I want to just include in this some other places in Scripture that we find some of the other gifts. That way we can kind of all look at them together in one, one place. And where do we find the gifts listed in the Bible? So the first place we find the gifts listed would be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28. We find the different gifts. I don't know if we can put that up on the, the screen real quick. There's gifts listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Now, the gifts, what's interesting about this, these various lists of gifts is that not one gift is listed on, or not one gift is included on all the lists. And so it seems as if Paul in these various places in Scripture is putting together kind of different lists, and sometimes he includes the same gift in different places, but not, not any single gift is included in all of, uh, of all the lists in the Scripture. So here we have um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, and then we also have 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. There's another list of gifts. Um, Andy, I don't know if we, th- those slides that we, uh, those couple of slides with the lift of gifts were on there. I don't know if you could turn to that real quick, if that's possible. Um, it would be helpful. So we see in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, so there's some in 28, some in 8 through 10. There's also some in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. We also see some other gifts listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. And we also see some gifts listed in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. Now, you may have a handout that you're looking at. We hopefully printed enough. Um, but there's a handout, and on that handout is an alph- alphabetical list of the various gifts that we see in Scripture. And so there's a brief description where it's found in Scripture. Hopefully that's helpful. We're not going to go through every gift this morning. We just don't have time to do that. We're going to go through some. But that's a, that's a gift list that we see in Scripture from those various places. Now, there is an expanded list. Well, expanded is in there's more definition given to some of the gifts that we have available in the back, but it's many more pages. We didn't want to necessarily pass all those out, but we have more on the back table. So if you are interested and would like to see an expanded kind of definition of those gifts, please feel free to go to the back table after the service and grab uh, that same kind of alphabetical list and an expanded definition of the various gifts. All right, let's turn over now in uh, chapter 12. We're going to read verses 4 through 11, then we're going to skip over to 27 through 31. So we're kind of moving around a little faster, and we'll slow down a little bit here. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, 
to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the works of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now skip down to verse 27. Now, you are, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Or as he says in another translation, earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we approach your word this morning, God, I ask that you would help me help us to position ourselves, God, as hearers of your word and as recipients of your word, God, that our hearts would be the good soil, Lord, that would receive your word with joy, that the, the roots would go deep into our soul, God, that you would give us the, the grace and the mercy and the faith to receive your eternal word, God. Lord, I pray that you would help us. God, help us to respond to you. Help us to, help us to, to see your glory written across these pages of Scripture. In your name we pray. Amen. As we begin our conversation about spiritual gifts, I wanted to make a couple of observations for us. Number one is this, that the living God is a giving God. The living God is a giving God, okay? If you remember John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. That God so loved the world, he gave his son, that, that somehow in the midst of our fallenness and our brokenness, that God gave of his very self to redeem us and save us, and to fill us with His Spirit, to call us by His name, to invite us into His family. And then He showers the gifts of the Spirit upon us, upon His people. He's called us into something. He's given us a, a mission to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ across the earth. And so as we begin to talk about gifts, we have to remember that as great as the gifts are, and as empowering as the gifts are, and as important as the gifts are, that they pale in comparison to the giver of the gifts. That we worship the giver, not the gifts. And it's God who is giving, it's God is, who is providing, God who is empowering, God who is at work. And one thing I love about this passage in, in chapter 12 is that he goes to extraordinary lengths to make sure that we know First and foremost, it is the Holy Spirit's work that provides the gifts and empowers the gifts in each person and in the church. You can't read this and think it's, it's the Spirit, it's given through the Spirit, it's, it's from the Spirit, it's by the Spirit. It's over and over and over again, this emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit in empowering the gifts. So, what does this tell us about God? What do these gifts tell us about God? First and foremost, this, that he loves his church. God loves his church. God is passionate about his church. 
in Ephesians chapter 5, we read that Paul says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That is, this, 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 this relationship between a husband and wife is to be a mirror of, of the way that God himself, Jesus loves his church. He loves his people. God loves us. This unbelievable love that would, that would compel him to give and give and give and give and give and give. That's what God does. He loves his church. Number two, gifts are not based on merit, but on grace. Gifts are not based on merit, but on grace. Listen, if the gifts were based on merit, the Corinthian church would have none. All right? Think about this. This church, the reason that we even know how to do church across the centuries, the reason that we know how to, to have church, to do church, is because the Corinthian church was so screwed up. I mean, the reason we know how to do church is because the Corinthian church did it wrong over and over again. That's how we know to do it right. Don't do it like they did. But in the Corinthian church, it's unbelievable. It, it's, it blows my mind to think the church with the most mess, the most brokenness, the most division, the, the, the deepest breaking possible with people suing one another in church and people sleeping with their, their mother-in-law and the other people in the church celebrating that and, and people dis, dis completely disregarding one another as, we, as they have communion and as they do church together and people forgetting one another and, 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 and creating division in the church and all these things, all this mess that in that context, God would give the most gifts. That somehow God in his, his providence and somehow in his wisdom provides the church with the most mess, the most gifts. Now, if it was based on merit, they'd have none. This church would be bankrupt. No gifts. But somehow, as he, Paul talks about in the, the first chapter of Corinthians, if you remember, Paul's like, man, all these gifts are on full display here. Man, you've obviously been blessed by God with a, an abundance of gifts in your church. And that's the church with the most mess. It's based on grace, not upon merit, not upon their own working. Think of it like this. Some of the guys, maybe some of the ladies too, do you know who John Scott is? NHL hockey player? Does that ring a bell for anybody? Okay, few people. One or two, right? Okay, here's the deal. So the NHL, the National Hockey League, this year, they had this idea. What we're going to do is we're going to open up the, the all-star voting for the all-star game. We're going to open it up to all the hockey players. So if anyone can make the all-star team, it's up to the fans to decide who gets to be on the all-star team, which is, a, which is a pretty safe. I mean, most people are going to vote for their favorite players. Those favorite players are probably some of the better players. So in the end, the, the good players get on the ice no matter what. But it makes it seem like, hey, this is a, this is a very democratic you know, thing where everyone's going to get a chance to be on the all-star team. Well, so what they did is they voted in a couple of guys, uh, Yammer Yager and Patrick Kane from Chicago, Alex Overchecken from the Washington Capitals, and then John Scott, who no one had really ever heard of before. 
Now, here's the deal with John Scott. Up until this point, he has scored 11 goals in eight years. Now, compare that with Yammer Yager, who scored 740 goals. They had to call John Scott up from the minor leagues to come play on the all-star team. And because he was voted in with so many votes, he was actually the captain of, of the team, right? So this guy, he spent some time in NHL, and, and I know for those hockey fans, he's an enforcer and all that kind of stuff. I get it, but here's the deal. This guy had no right being on the ice with these all-star guys, but yet he's the captain of the team alongside Yammer Yager, who's like this, he's been for decades, been this most amazing player. In, in, you know. And the thing is, but yet he's voted on the team even though he had to get called up from the minor leagues. That's grace. Didn't deserve to be there, right? Had no right to be in the, the captain of the all-star team. But this is what God does for the church. See, if it was based on merit, then we'd really be working hard for this stuff. But the thing is, it was based on grace. Any gift that we have any gift that God has bestowed upon his people is a, is a grace gift. We didn't earn this gift. What God has bestowed upon us is, is, is a gift of mercy to us, to his people. That's his love for us. It's his care for us. That's his concern for us. It's his grace to us that we get what we don't deserve. Isn't that all of Christianity, really, if you think about it? Is there anything in Christianity that we can look back and say, you know what? That was because of me. I, got, I earned that one. There's nothing. When we stand before the throne one day, in a glorious day, we will come before the throne of God who will say, man, there's nothing that I've done that caused me to deserve to be here. It was all of grace. Your mercy has been lavished upon me. The fact that I'm even before, I can even stand before your throne, complete, declared righteous, given life and relationship. God, it is because of what you have done, not because of what I have done. It is all of grace. That is what God has done for us. We're like that. We're like John Scott showing up at the All-Star game. Like, man, I don't know how I got here, but I'm a captain of the team, and this is awesome. <sighs> all right. Let's talk about some of these gifts. We're not going in any particular order. Uh, we're going we're gonna to run through some of these gifts. We're going to spend some time on a few of them. We're not going to go through all of them, like I said. But first thing I want to talk about is leadership. And leadership is really being able to take the big picture in mind. It's an empowerment by the Holy Spirit to understand what needs to be accomplished and an ability to articulate and to go forward in that purpose. A couple weeks ago, I was... Uh, I was sitting in a McDonald's with John Pasco and Chip Bevan, two, two incredible leaders. And we begin to talk about men's ministry, which is a men's ministry meeting tomorrow night, Monday night, 7 o'clock, Chip's house. And we begin to talk about leadership and the men's ministry and where the direction for the men's ministry and all these things. And I'm sitting there, and, and John and Chip, who have the gift of leadership upon them, are beginning to talk. And as they're talking... They've, they're, they're, 
they're experiencing convictions about what needs to be done. And it's, it's like this, in my estimation, this hard conversation that they're having. There's disagreement. There's give and take. There's, there's you know, I mean, these guys are like two generals talking this thing out. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, man, I'm way over my head in this one. And after this discussion, they look over at me like, John, you got anything to say? And I'm like, uh, I think I just peed my pants. Like, uh, like I don't know what I'm doing here. But, but it's a gift of leadership that would be able to see what needs to take place. And the conviction of God then by the Holy Spirit to say, here's where we're going to go. We're going we're gonna to go to this place, wherever it may be, understanding the, the purposes of God in that, going forward in that. There's a gift of serving or helping. There, it's an identifying a need and then gladly volunteering to do whatever it takes to meet that need. There are a number of families who, who, ex, who exhibit this gift in our church, the Stowners and the Williams in particular. Man, if there is a need that, that, that has to be met, I cannot tell you how many times that it just, something gets fixed, and I don't know how it got fixed, but it's probably Brett or Sydney, and just get it done. Think about Anna helping out in the nursery. And as you know, that nursery can get a little crowded sometimes. And it continues to be crowded. And the needs never end. It's like this, this insatiable wave of babies that keep just filling the basement. And pretty soon we'll have to turn the whole basement into a nursery. Yeah, amen. Um, but it's, it's identifying a need and gladly volunteering services to do that. I think Lorna, Maples, Vilcanas, Deb Peterson, you guys exhibit that. Teaching. It, it's taking something that's maybe complicated and, and through the Spirit being able to explain and describe it for people in a way that they understand. makes sense to them. People sit down with uh, Ryan Heath to go through financial preparation for the, when they, before they get married. And Ryan has taken a... A, an unbelievable amount of schooling, and he's president of the you know accounting club at IU Bloomington, and he's a CPA, and he's done Dave Ramsey and Crown Financial, and he's probably hundreds of textbooks and all these things. And he sits down with a couple and simply presents to them different things of where they're at with their finances, and I think they walk away thinking, "Oh, it's great. That was you know so easy, and we can do this and all that kind of stuff." I think, man, that dude just took probably hundreds of hours of information and distilled it in a way that you can understand it and make sense to you. And you had no clue that he just did that, you know? And I, I think it's, it's a gift of teaching. But God uses that. God, God is able to use the ordinary means in our lives to sharpen and hone our skill. So God's able to use schooling and God's able to use studying and learning to sharpen the gifts that he's given. Utterance of wisdom. Words of wisdom. I remember so many times we're, we're sitting in an elders meeting, and as we're sitting in the elders meeting, we're trying to figure out what, what we need to do as a church and what God's calling us to do, and we don't know what to do. And as we sit there, Brian Hogorf will say, well, guys, what about this? And as he begins to speak, it's like, 
It is like the wisdom of God comes in the room. And we know exactly, we're like, yeah, duh, of course. That, that, that's why we're forward. But it's, it's, it's the word of wisdom. It's the utterance of wisdom that God's given to us. Evangelism. It's a passion for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with unbelievers. My mom, um, she loves to go walking in the morning at Lincoln Center because she wants to go walking with old people who she can share the gospel with. And this has this passion for sharing the gospel with old people. And it's so funny that it just, it's just something that the Holy Spirit births inside of her that gives us this desire to continue to share the gospel at all different seasons of life. It doesn't matter who you are, Lincoln Center, on the, on the walking track in Highland, whatever she's going, it's like there's a passion to share Jesus Christ. Distinguishing between spirits. It's discerning what is from God and what is not. And I think this is an important one because so often, you know, it says Satan comes to us disguised as an angel of light. And oftentimes we may think, I'm praying for something, believing for something, whether it may be something good, hey, I need a, I need a raise or a job relocation or, or move house or to change church or whatever it may be. Those things aren't inherently bad at all. But there needs to be a discernment between saying, hey, God, just because it's something good is presented to me, just because there's an open door for me, doesn't necessarily mean that's from you. I can't tell you how many times we'll be sitting out talking with my dad, and he'll look at me and say, you know what, there's just something not right about this situation. Or his decision we're making, you know, I just, I don't, it's not feeling this. I, 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 I sense in my spirit there's just something not right. And it's a gift of, of distinguishing between spirits. And it's so helpful because even as we weigh out the different things in our lives, we need to understand that if I think something's good, like, for instance, a job promotion, which we'd say, hey, that's great, amen, you know, awesome, all those kind of things, that doesn't necessarily mean that is the Lord's provision for us. And I'm not saying it's not, but we just need to have a discernment to say, Lord, would you have me do this thing that's presented to me just because I want to do it, because I think it's good, doesn't necessarily mean... That's what you want. That's what you think is best for me. And there's a, there's a discerning, a discernment of spirits. God, is this, is this from you? Is this what you'd have me to do? Now, we'll talk about prophecy and tongues and interpretation later in chapter 14, so we're not going to cover those here. But in regards to prophecy, I think Jason Najak is there for pastoring Luke and Linda Dalich, the giving and sharing Scott and Amanda Black, administration, I think Jane Hogorf. But... I want to share this last gift. And we were in a meeting, a church leaders meeting. This was years back. And in this church leadership meeting, it was a small group of people. One of the couples in particular was really struggling. And as the kind of meeting progressed, the the guy, the couple, the guy of the couple, they he began to just confess his deep addiction to pornography. And as he begins to talk about the really the, the gravity of the situation and how deeply it has affected him and what that's caused him to do and how that's affected his wife. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone just lays it all on the table and you kind of think to yourself, man, I don't know what to do with all this. 
This is some deep stuff we're dealing with here. I don't know where to go from here. He begins to lay it all on the table, and it's just like, man, and he shares it all, and just, and it's quiet. And it, not two seconds later, Liz Griffin gets out of her seat, walks and sits next to this, this guy, puts her arm around him, grabs his hand, says, we love you. We are praying for you. And as if in that moment, and Tim was right behind her, he gets up, sits down with that couple. I think he was sitting on the floor. He grabs her hands, and they just begin to pray and minister the mercy of God upon this family. I think, what, what an amazing gift of mercy. Where you think maybe, in my own estimation, I think, well, maybe the women would be like, oh, man, that guy, you know, he's into some deep stuff, and I, I don't mess with that. I wish I wouldn't have heard that, you know, whatever. Liz unapologetically just moves towards that situation. No hesitation. No, no, no having to think through what, what's the right thing to do. And as, 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 Sitting there thinking to myself, like, man, I don't know where this meeting's going to go. And Austin, man, Tim and Liz, move in. And there's mercy. There's prayer and there's tears. And I believe there's healing. But that's what the gifts do. That's what the gifts are designed to do by God. They move us toward one another. See, the, the amazing thing about all these gifts that there isn't any one of these gifts that we can necessarily operate in a vacuum all by ourselves, just me and God doing, our, doing my thing. No, it, it compels us. The gifts that God has given compels us to have to consider other people and those around us whom God has placed in our lives. That's why God would take a broken church like the Corinthian church who's experiencing deep division and he would say, I'm going to give you some amazing gifts because I want you to move towards one another. I want you to care for one another and bless one another and consider one another and, and, and think through the implications of my actions towards each other. That's what God does. He knows exactly what that Corinthian church needed. They needed the gifts to compel them to care for and bless and serve and love one another. And that's what the gifts are designed to do. To carry on the mission of God, but it's done in such a way that it compels us towards each other. That's what the gifts do. Gifts are outward and others focused. It's never about the one who has the gift. Tim Keller says this, No one is merely a consumer of services, but everyone is a distributor. Every one of us, a distributor of services. Now, here's the thing. We can read this and think, well, I don't have any gifts. I really don't. I mean, I haven't been a Christian that long. My, my life's a mess or whatever. I just don't have any gifts. Chapter 12, verse 11 reads this. All these, talking about the gifts, are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. To each one as he wills. Man, I've screwed up so many times. How could I ever possibly think to have gifts? My life's a mess. Man, I've done some things that are so shameful and, and disgusting. 
Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. These are grace gifts. These are grace gifts. Now, we're going to close with this. How do I discover my gifts? Right? That's a question. It's great to know about the gifts, but we desire as a church to see the gifts of God in operation in our, not only our gatherings, but outside the walls of the church. That's our desire. God's given us the gifts for a mission, to bring the glory of God wherever we go, to declare His praises, to let other people know what God is like and who He is. So how do we discover what our gifts are? Number one, ask other believers who know you. I mean, this sounds so simple, but ask the people around you. Hey, what, what do you see in my life? What are the gifts that you see in operation in, in me? What do you think? Can you consider with me? Can we pray together about what God is doing in my life? Would you, would you consider doing that? Second thing is this. Pray. Pray. 12 verse 31. But earnestly desire the higher gifts. It, that tells me that the gifts of God are not a closed book. Earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. There's, there's something to be said about praying to the Lord, saying, God, would you please show me, help me? Would you please give me gifts so I can use them for your glory? The lastly is this, is to serve. Growing up, when I, before I really got involved with, with, with church and the people of God, I, was, I had gone on a missions trip, came back, had a great time. I wanted to get more involved with the youth ministry at our church. And so I went there and said, look, I will do whatever it takes to serve and bless this ministry. I will set up chairs. I'll do sound. I'll do announcements. I'll, I'll take chairs and put them away at the, end of the, at the end of the meeting. I'll clean up the floors. I'll do whatever it takes. I just want to serve. And I think in, in that context of, of serving and working with God's people, there's a discovery of what God has given us to do. Because in that context, we can now see like, hey, yeah, I'm kind of good at this. Or, man, I stink at this. This isn't something I'm good at. But there's a discovery there, and it's a discovery as we're, in a sense, on the job, as we're doing what God's called us to do. It's not that we're stagnant, and all of a sudden God says, oh, here's your gift, okay, go do it, and boom, now I'm, I'm walking in what God's called me to do. But that there's a discovery for each one of us that requires us to, in some ways, get off the couch to get involved with, with God's people so that we can together discover in community what it is that God's given me to do. And there's a, there's a myriad of ways to do that, whether it's serving in children's ministry. And I think what a precious and amazing opportunity that we have every single week to declare the gospel to, to children in a way that they understand, a way that's, that they can, they can get a hold of. That, that, would, that would need a teaching gift. You take something that's as deep as the gospel is and take it and make it explainable to a two-year-old. There's also things like serving in ushers, serving on the worship team, serving greeters, international student ministry, inviting students into your home, providing hospitality, asking questions. But those are some of the things that we do as a church together. But there's also many things outside these church walls. I think God empowers us 
permission. The Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us gifts for mission. That whether it be getting involved in, in, in the soccer league with your children or getting involved in some of the po- political things in our, in our towns or just helping serve on different committees or, or getting involved with the neighbors or helping. I mean, there's a myriad of things going on in each, each one of our spheres of influence. Whether it's helping out at work with things or getting out with a coworker. There's all kinds of things for us to get involved with. And my challenge for us as a church is this, that we would take seriously this call that God has given us, that each one of us has a gift. That God, we'd say to the Lord, Lord, I want to use this gift to the full potential. Everything that you've given to me, I want to pour back out. I don't want to be a consumer of services. I want to be a distributor. God, I want, I want to use what you've given to me. And I invite you to ask questions, to pray, to serve, to get involved. Life share groups are a great opportunity for you to to, dis- to discover, to talk through with a, a group of believers that, that know you. Lord, how do we, how do we discover what's, what my gifting is? We'll believe together that the Lord will continue to do his work in this church, in our lives. Amen? I just want to encourage you as well. If you have, if you have questions about the gifts, I mean, please come see me or any one of the elders or leaders or anyone sitting around you for that matter. I mean, we're not like a special group of people that knows everything about the gifts, but God can use his people together to help discover the gifts. All right, Lord Jesus, thank you this morning for the gift of salvation, first and foremost. Thank you for the gift of relationship. Thank you that you've given us the gift of yourself. And Lord Jesus, we as as your people, we desire to use the very things that you've given to us for your glory. God, whatever, whether that gift is administration or helping or teaching, God, we pray that we would be the, your people who would use the things that you've given us to our full potential, God, of what you've called us to be, whatever measure that is. God, that we would see your glory shine down upon us, that we would be compelled to serve and to bless one another. In your name we pray. Amen.